couldn't catch my breath. It was getting shallower and shallower, and I can remember saying to myself, I am dying. And then his blood pressure dropped. And I looked at the doctor and I said, what's wrong with him? His heart stopped. And he says, well, we need to intubate your husband right now, or else he could die. And then we start doing the chest compressions. Dean Braxton's system was shutting down. It started as a routine procedure to remove a kidney stone. Now he was dying. Dr. Manuel Irrigi was on duty in the critical care unit at St. Francis Hospital in Federal Way, Washington. He explains what went wrong. As it turns out with, with him, the antibiotic that he received was uh, not good for the bacteria. He was resistant. Dean's body went into multi-organ failure and his heart flatlined. Dr. Irrigi's team worked furiously to revive him. Dean's wife, Marilyn, prayed. I did say to the Lord, I said, Lord, you said in your word that you've come to give Dean life and life abundantly. And I claim that abundant life for him. At times, the unit was in chaos as they worked to save Dean's life. But he was experiencing something very different. I wasn't afraid. It was like, I'm going home. Dean believes he went to heaven. When I first entered in, it was just bright. It wasn't so much what I saw as much as what I experienced. The first thing I perceived was everything is right. There's nothing wrong here. And I said, it's past peace. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter, that says, peace past understanding. That's what's going on there. It's landscape, but more, because everything's alive. Nothing's dead. I don't mean just live like grass. I mean, it's intelligent. It can move. You know, it thinks. And someone says, well, that's way out there. It was way out there for me. You know, I'll tell you the truth. Dean says he felt like he was being pulled back into his body. Then he flatlined a second time. Again, he was in heaven. This time, he saw Jesus. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it. And it's this one, and we can look at him. And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it. You're really experiencing the love he has for you. And I tell people it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this and then back out. And it was like, wow. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth, I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, yeah, 
And, you know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. They came to greet me in. And it was like, God. While Dean was in heaven, Marilyn continued asking God for a miracle. I purposed in my heart that whatever the outcome, I was going to follow God all the way. After an hour and 45 minutes, Dean came back with a weak but steady heart rate. But the bacteria had done a lot of damage, and he had to go on dialysis. I did not think he was going to survive. I, and I, in a way, I, I told his wife that, you know, now well, we have just to pray and, and wait because there's nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We got to get people saved. We got to let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle that he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. Yeah, he's alive, that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there? Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there, why did I need you here? And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and, and I cannot go back home. I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. California homeowners, if you have a power meter like this on the side of your house, you all can hear me. This is really, really great to be able to do this, even though I'm over here in uh, Virginia. It's a little bit after, well, not a little bit. It's after 12 here, all right? <laughs> so, but God knows. God knows. There's no tie with him. So I want to thank Richard, uh, Pastor Richard, and also Pastor Nancy for having me tonight. 
I just saw um, Pastor Young. I call her my sister. We, I know her really well. She's a good friend, her and her husband. I saw her um, uh, uh, just, uh, what do you say, uh, minister really, 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 really fast. <laughs> I enjoyed it myself. It's one of the few churches when I'm traveling that if I want to take a break and just go there and really enjoy the um, uh, power of God, I go to that church and I, and I really get to um, experience God there. Um, there's times when I go and I just say, I don't want to say anything. I just want to be here because that the presence in that church in that little uh, place that uh, she's talking about in Lawston, Illinois, it's powerful. And so a lot of my friends love to uh, go there and, and be with her. Tonight, we don't have a lot of time, and you just saw the video. Uh, in that video, you saw the doctor that was actually in the room when my heart stopped for an hour and 45 minutes. Now, that may seem like a long time, but when you're in eternity, it's a very short time. It's not that long at all. And so during that time of being with the Father and Jesus, I got to experience a whole lot of things. Tonight, I want to emphasize just one of the areas that I got to experience when I was with the Father and Jesus in heaven. Now, as you saw the doctor, Dr. Rigge is his name. I used to live in the state of Washington. I now live in Virginia. And I moved over to the other Washington. I say to people a lot of times, I moved to a different country, <laughs> you know, because it's so different than the rest of the United States. People just don't realize how different it really is. When you get into that, what they call the beltway, it is a different place altogether. Well, um, you know, the Lord had me and my wife moved here a few years ago. But again, I would just want to point out, I used to live in Washington, and Dr. Rigge, the doctor that you saw on that video, uh, was rated in the top 10 doctors in the state of Washington at one time, and also the top patient care doctor. So I always tell people, uh, he would know if a person is dead or not. And as you heard him, he said the man was really, really dead. I always like to tell people, I didn't know you could be really, really dead. <laughs> you know? I thought you just died and that was it. And so, but the reality of it is my heart stopped for an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, was what you call clinically dead. I got to go to be with the Father in Jesus in heaven. Now, I always tell people it is not unusual for Christians to go to heaven. That's what happens to us when we leave our body. That is the norm. Now, coming back, that's a whole different story. You know, sometimes people want to say, you're blessed that you got to go to heaven. They're right about that. They say, you're lucky that you got to go and come back. And I said, no, 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 no. You don't get it. It's like a little boy one time told me when he came up to me, he looked at me and he said, you died? I said, yes. He said, you went to heaven? I said, yes. He said, you came back? I said, yes. And the next word he said to me was, sorry. And uh, <laughs> he got it. He got it, you guys. Coming back and being back on this planet, you know, I, that's why you hear me say, I'm on my way home. This is the journey or the pathway my father says I need to go as I am going home. I can prove I died. You know, the scriptures say something that I like to point out every time that I minister, and it's out of John, the 14th chapter, 1 through 6. It says this, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, in the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. 
pointing. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is the bottom line. There is no other way to get there but through Jesus Christ. You know, people want to say this way and that way or, or, or be real nice and that type. No, there's only one way. I went to heaven because Jesus said that's what happens to us when we leave our body and go to be with the Father and Jesus. Is that good news? I'm going to tell you, that's good news, you know. But tonight, I want to share something with you. Like I said, I can prove I died. That was the easy part. You know what I mean? The medical records say hour and 45 minutes. According to the medical records, uh, 29 different things went wrong with this body. I had a kidney stone stuck on the right side. And um, in, in, the, in the sense that it caused also a kidney infection. And, and they went and blasted the stone and they pushed the, the poison into my bloodstream and everything in my body started shutting down, you know? And so, uh, you know, that's all uh, documented. That's on record, you know what I mean? So, so I can prove I died. Now going to heaven, some of you might say, I don't know really about that. I went somewhere. I didn't just stay around and wait for my body to get better. I went somewhere. And like I said, I was born again. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. I went where Jesus says Christians go. Is that good news? That is something that we should all be rejoicing because most of you don't realize. Uh, it doesn't say you have to believe to go to heaven to go to heaven. That doesn't, it doesn't say that. All it says is you need to be born again and you have life everlasting. But most of us don't realize we'll go to heaven because Jesus said it. Whether you like it or not, you born again, you go into heaven. It's out of your hands, you know. There's a lot of different subjects I can talk about tonight. I, I, I talk about what it's like to die sometimes when I go somewhere. Or I talk about what it's like to go to heaven. I talk about what it was like to go to heaven and the prayers that people were praying for me and others were passing me by. I, I love to talk about uh, what it was like to, to, to see Jesus and, and to experience the love of God in heaven. And I love, this is one of the, my favorites, love to talk about what it was like to see my family there. Whoa. But tonight, God has me going in a different direction. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, the ninth through the tenth verse, it says this, In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, how be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love the way the voice says it this way. Your prayers, rather, should be simple like this. Our Father in heaven, let your name remain holy. Bring about your kingdom. Manifest your will on earth as it is manifested in heaven. The reason I like that because they used to manifest. That means to bring it down here, to have it, to have it seen, to have it exposed to this world. That's what God wants. He wants that realm brought into this realm. A lot of times people say, oh, you're just talking about going there. I'm not just talking about going there. I'm talking about also bringing that realm here on this planet. If you're born again, know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have the ability to be able to bring that realm here on this planet. Is that good news? <laughs> I use that term good news a whole lot because remember, the gospel means good news. And I like to point out all these things that Jesus Christ did, and I'll say that's good news because I want people to know that's good news, you know, that type of thing. One of the things that I try to do a lot is bring in the scriptures because I'm trying to explain an eternal realm and a temporal realm. And that's hard to do. 
It really is hard to do. And I'm trying to do it with the five senses. I tell people, I can tell you what I heard. I can tell you what I saw. I can tell you what, what I experienced, but I can't tell you what I smell and I can't tell you what I taste. And someone says, why not? Because on this planet, whether you realize it or not, you're smelling and tasting uh, death and sin in the, world, in the realm all the time. It's here. It's decay. It's just happening all the time. I tell people when you really uh, uh, notice it is when you go to a hospital, you go to what we call a, 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 um, a, um, a retirement home, you know, or one of the best places, go to an outhouse. I'm telling you right there, you're going to smell death and decay. It's in the world. Well, in heaven, there was none. And so for me to try to get a person to really understand that realm, I do the best I can, but I use the scriptures. That's why I bring in uh, the word of God a whole lot describing what I experienced there. Because if I can bring in a scripture, then you can read that scripture and God can take you further. Is that good news? That's something you got to realize. So tonight I'll be talking about some things. I'll bring in some scriptures. If it grabs you in that area, I tell you to go ahead and read it yourself because I guarantee you your father's going to take you further. A lot of times I just open up the door. That's all I can do is open up the door. And then I got to go to another door and open up that door. And what I, I've come to understand is if I open up that door and that's the door you're supposed to go through, you need to go through it and explore more because God wants to show you more. When I got to heaven, many of my boxes that I had um, put together for God were blown apart. Many of them. You know, many times we put God in a box and we think he's going to operate this way. We think he's going to operate that way. And I came to understand God is God. He's going to operate the way he wants to. He sees things much better than we do. So I tell people all the time, he blew a ton of my boxes apart, but he didn't go outside his word. He went outside my boxes, but he didn't go outside his word. I tell people 99% of the things that I experienced when I was with the Father and Jesus in heaven, I can find in the word of God. Tonight, I'm going to share some of those things that I experienced there that are in the word of God. You know, first of all, you got to understand something. Everything in heaven is alive. I really believe that most of us, if we have an out-of-body experience and we go to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven, most of us won't even know we were there because we have a preconceived idea of what it's going to look like. And it's way outside anything you can imagine. It is. And, and one of the reasons is you're going to find out you fit when you get there. When I got to heaven, I fit. I was not out of place. There was no orientation. There was no holding cell. There was no quarantine place <laughs> at all. When I got there, I fit. When Jesus said he went to prepare a place for you, that's what he was talking about. He's prepared that place in such a manner that when you get there, you fit. Is that good news? Well, one of the things I got to let people know is everything in heaven is alive. Nothing's dead. One of the scriptures I, I go to just to point that God is the God of life is found in Nehemiah, the sixth chapter, uh, well, the ninth chapter, the sixth verse. It says this, you alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, along with all their multitudes of stars, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that are in them. You impart life to them all and the multitudes of heaven worship you. The reason I'm doing that is because I'm getting ready to talk about some things. And I know that our preconceived ideas sometimes have some of these things not alive. And yet I'm telling you right now, everything in heaven is alive. Nothing's dead. 
There's animals in heaven. The Bible talks about them in Revelation, the fifth chapter, the 11th and the 14th verse. It talks about all these creations coming around the throne of God and giving him praise. And some of those are animals uh, that come around and they praise him. The Revelation, the eighth chapter, the 13th verse talks about a bird that is going around heaven and proclaiming things. That means it's talking. So the animals in heaven can communicate. They're alive and they can communicate. The other place that I want you to realize that's alive and can communicate is the atmosphere itself. Revelation 8.13 says that the atmosphere is alive. The seven thunders spoke. And after the seven thunders spoke, Paul tried to write down, or not Paul, but John tried to write down what the seven thunders said, and he was told not to write it down. The atmosphere in heaven is alive. I know somebody said, well, what do you breathe? You don't take this body with you, number one. It stays here on this body. Someone said, what do you live off of? You live off Jesus and the Father. Oh, is that a revelation for somebody right now? <laughs> you know? The other area, uh, this is the one that kind of really stretches people. If there's furniture in heaven, okay, and I say if, because it's not like you think it is, it would be alive. It'd be intelligent and it can talk. Someone said, whoa, 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 whoa. Where, where, where's that in the word of God? Well, in Revelation, the ninth chapter, the 13th verse tells you there's horns on this altar, this table, and they speak. Revelation, the 16th chapter, the 7th verse tells you that the table, the altar says something. Revelation, the 19th chapter, 1 through 5, um, this is my favorite. It says this, and I'll read it to you because I love the what it says. Then a voice came from the throne saying, this is the throne that God was on. Praise our God, all you his servants, and all you who fear him both small and great. The very throne that God was sitting on was giving him praise. Oh, now somebody's got to shout for that. That's good news. You know, that is good news. So why am I saying that? Because I want you to, to, to hear me tonight of what it was like to be in heaven and give God worship, to come around the throne of God with all of God's creation to tell him how much we love him. Because that's all worship really is. It's our opportunity to come to God and say, I love you. And, and, and we can do it in so many different ways. Many of us don't realize it just doesn't mean and just singing. We can do it in so many different ways. One of the things I came to understand, and we did all of this in heaven, that there is seven words that describe worship in the Old Testament and then there are uh, three words that describe worship in the New Testament. I'm going to go through them real quick before I get into describing some of the things I experienced there. Now, I'm not going to say the Greek or the Hebrew, because sometimes I just don't pronounce it correctly. So for me, it's better just to tell you there's a word that says this, or there's a word that says this. The first uh, uh, one I want to cover is there's a word that says worship is bowing down. Going down on your knees is worship. I know we think just singing sometimes is worship, but if the motion of you going down on your knees, God receives as worship. There's another one that talks about how to praise him in such a way that it becomes even looking like you're foolish. <laughs> when you're giving him praise in such a way that you, everybody may say, well, oh, that's kind of out there. But for you, because it's coming from your heart, some of better grab what I just said here. Coming from your heart, you're giving him praise in that manner. 
Another one that I like to is, 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 is laying yourself before him. Call him, prostrate yourself before him. Down at his feet. When you lay down on the floor or anywhere, you're worshiping God. Here's another one, singing. This one, uh, 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 when it's talking about singing, it's not just singing a, a song. It's spontaneous singing, singing a new song. Someone asked me one time, what about these songs that we sing over and over? If they're coming from your heart, they're new. Every time you sing them, if you're singing them from your heart, you're singing a new song. Ah, Someone better grab that. Just don't mouth the words. Just don't be trying to go along with the chorus. Sing it from your heart, you know? Another one that I, I, I love the, is, is to extend your hands. Do you know how we raise our hands to the Lord? That's worship to God. He receives it as worship. It's almost like it, it's not only just extending, but moving in the motion toward him. That's considered worship. Another one, uh, to, to, to literally uh, 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 hit an instrument or make a sound. Not only is the music to worship, but the motion to make the music is the worship. Ah, some of bear grab what I just said there. You know, the clapping of the hands, not just the sound of the clapping of the hands, but the motion to make that is worship to God. You know? Another one is, is, is not only raising your hands or moving them forward, but almost throwing, like a throwing moment is would be a, a, a like worship to God. All of these are found in the, in the Old Testament, and they are described over and over again. When we read the word worship, if you were to break down that word and look at it, you would find one of these in the place of it. That's what would happen. Now, in the Greek, like I said, or in the New Testament, rather, there's three different words to describe worship. Again, I'm not going to try to pronounce them. The first one, oh, man, it's really good to me. Is, is, is kissing of the hand is worship, a, a token of reference, uh, a, a bowing down on your knees, a prostrating yourself before God. And guess what? That's the one that's used the most when it's talking about worshiping God in the New Testament is to lay before him. Oh, this is good news. The second one that I like to, to, to go is servanthood, is worship in God. Many times when it's talking about a worship, it's talking about a servicehood. You know, one of the things that happened when I was there with the Father and Jesus in heaven, I tell people a lot of times, communication, thought to thought. And here I am thinking something and someone thinking something and we're communicating back and forth that way. But you know what the first thing we would say to each other was? How can I serve you? That was the first uh, thought that came from each being to the other being. How can I serve you? Servanthood is worship. And the last one is to be, uh, is devoted or God-fearing or religious. And someone said, well, oh, religious, what do you mean by that? I mean, keeping your commitments and your words to do what you said you're going to do for God. This day and age, a lot of times people will make a commitment to do something in the church, and they don't show up. Now, I'm not trying to convict nobody or condemn anybody out there, but I'm telling you, for showing up, even when you don't feel like showing up, you're worshiping God. Is that good news? I'm just letting you know right off the bat. These are there. The reason I'm bringing that into to, um, uh, notice right now, because I want to go into this realm of what it was like to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven and worship. 
to tell our Father how much we love Him. I want to start off with just how it, it, it happened to me. And I don't have a lot of time. I'm looking at this right now. I have very little time, but I want to do as much as I can to give you this because you're talking about entering into that secret place. I want you to understand entering into that secret place is, is a process. And many of you are going through the process of entering into that secret place before you even get there. I, here I am before the Lord Jesus Christ. When I got there, I went before Jesus, and I went down on my hands and my knees before him. And as I was before him, I was praising him. I was thanking him. I'll cover that more probably in service on Sunday. But here I am before him. Later on, all of a sudden, he moves away from me. Oh, man, his presence. I wanted to be in so much that when he started to move away from me, it was like, oh, I want to follow you. I want to go where you're going, <laughs> you know. But I knew he would be back, you know. I knew he would be back. And he was headed toward the throne. And as he was making the move toward the throne, I just remember everything around him was honoring him. When he get to, to one of the, the streams of water there in heaven, they're alive. They would part like the Red Sea would part and he would cross. When he went by the trees, they would bow because the Lord Jesus Christ was coming close to them. This movement of Jesus moving toward the throne was so magnificent and watching how all of heaven honored him. All of heaven honored him. Not part of heaven, not some of him. All of heaven honored him. And I got to see it. You know, I just remember thinking in my heart, that this is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and everything here knows it. One of the reasons I didn't want to come back to the planet is because, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to be with my brothers and sisters that didn't want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't mean mouth it, I mean honor him in everything you do. My Bible says we're to do everything as unto the Lord. That means to honor him. As he got close to the throne, I saw the glory of the Father. Oh, man, you guys. The glory of the Father is alive. Many times when you're asking for that presence to enter into that realm where you're at, you're asking not just something uh, that isn't alive. You're asking a live entity of glory to enter in. That's why it's so good when it's there. That's why life seems so powerful to you. Because you just had the presence of God, which is alive, come around you, you know? Well, Jesus went right into that presence. He melted right into that glory. All of a sudden, there was no sound in heaven. It got silent, you know? It got really, really silent. When I read my Bible later on, I found a silence in heaven, and it's found in two places, Revelations, the 8th chapter, 1 through 5, and Zechariah, the 2nd the chapter, 11 through 13. It really means when silence happened in heaven, God was getting ready to move. He was getting ready to do something, you know? It was powerful, and if you read those scriptures, you're going to find out he did something. He moved. And why was he moving? Because the prayers that were being prayed by us on the planet he was moving because of that reason. So it got really, really silent. And then this beautiful angel rose up. This beautiful being rose up. I, 
I don't even know how to really describe this being because it's, it's nothing on this planet comes close to even resembling this being and how beautiful it is. Even me talking to you right now, my mind is saying, how do I grasp this? Because it can't. All I can say with my words is this was a beautiful being. And as it rose up, its hands extended out like this. And as it hands extended, I remember everything that it's doing is worshiping the Lord. It hasn't said a word yet. It hasn't sung a note yet. But it's extending its hands like this in that silence. And then it opens its mouth and notes start coming out. And I'm watching as these notes are coming out of this, this being's mouth that it's going to each and every creation in heaven. And each and every creation in heaven is starting to move toward the throne. I remember when my note hit me, it fit. And there was a call on me so strong to move in that direction to tell, start telling my father how much I love him. Man, it was something. I remember how excited we were that we were coming together to tell God we love him. That's how it should be when we enter into church. That's how it should be when we're told that we're going to meet on this day to, as brothers and sisters. We should be excited because now is our opportunity to come together in unity to tell our Father how much we care for him, how much we love him. Is that good news? So here it is. Those notes are going all out. You got to... There is a multitude upon multitude to multitude of beings. I'm not just talking about the redeemed. I'm not just talking about the angels. Remember, everything's alive. Nothing's dead. We're talking about trees, grass, flowers. We're talking about water. We're talking about atmosphere. We're talking about things that you don't even know could be alive that are alive. And they're all moving toward the throne of God. This being keeps on singing. It keeps on singing. Later on, I came to understand that it was the note A. I remember being in Oregon and, 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 and someone playing their violin and they hit one of the notes and I said, that, that's it, that's it. Then that being was sending out the note of A. I don't know how many different uh, levels it was sending it out, but it was sending out the note A to all of the creation and we knew we were being called to come around the throne of God and give him praise. I really believe some of you out there have heard the note and have stopped what you're doing in that moment, knowing that you had to worship your God, and you did. I really believe we are in tune to that note. Is that good news? So here it is. I'm heading toward the throne because I've been called. All of creation's heading toward the throne because we've been called. When we get there, what do we do? We go down on our hands and knees and we lay before the Father. That's what we do. Great joy comes over us like a, like a wave just comes over all of us. The joy of the Lord just comes. Part of it is our joy for him, and part of it's his joy for us. And we're just in the joy. Then all of a sudden, on my left side, what rolls up was this great multitude. I didn't rise up. My group didn't rise up. But that side rolls up, and they started singing to the Lord, start telling him how much they love him. And each and every one of them, it was an individual song. I know for some of you that is hard to understand. You don't mean they were in a chorus. You don't mean they were singing the same song. They were singing to the Lord their love song that they had for him, and it did not clash. It did not get chaotic up there. Someone said, well, how can that be? Because that's heaven. 
That's heaven. You know, nothing's chaotic up there. Nothing's out of order up there. After that group got done, then it was my turn. And I can remember getting ready to stand to, to tell my father how much I love him. And the process I went through on the inside of me, all of a sudden, I started to put together the words to tell my father how much I love him. And what it was is the Holy Spirit that resided on the inside of me partnered with my spirit to form the word. And I remember how excited everything on inside of me was that we were getting ready to launch our love word to the Father. We were getting ready to tell him how much we love him. It was like everything inside of me was cheering on the words as they came up. And then my mouth literally with great honor said the songs that were inside of me in love to my Father. I'm telling you. I've been there. I know what it's like. It is, and I want to say something. Some of you experienced the same thing. Some of you, even though you're on this planet, you haven't been to that realm like that. You have experienced the same thing. And I guarantee you, as you were experiencing, God was hearing it. He was hearing it. He was enjoying it because you were telling him how much you love him. One of the things that came down from him were these, these colors, all kinds of colors come off the Father. You read in the Bible, you say the rainbow, it says it several times over the throne. Well, those things are alive, and they came down, and they would grab the, the sounds that we were sending up, and they would dance with the sounds back up to the Father. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're talking about rejoicing. Many times when you see those movements and, and services like the flags or all the other things, the streamers, people don't realize they're mimicking the things of heaven in more ways than they realize. More ways than they realize. I could keep on going on. There's a lot more here, but I want to go to the, to the part. Oh, no, no, no. The Lord won't let me pass this one. All of a sudden, there was a moment when everything in heaven started dancing in praise to the Lord. You know why I say that? Because sometimes we look at dancing as being so bad, not knowing it's a God-given gift for us to worship him. To let him know we love him in our body movement. Do you want to know something? Everything in heaven was dancing to the Lord. The trees were dancing. The grass was dancing. The flowers were dancing. Everything in heaven was praising the Lord in dance. Some of you on this planet... I know you're conservative. You don't think you can do those things. I really think you're going to be the wildest when you get there. You're going to be the one that breaks out the most and dance. <laughs> I say this to you. You might as well start getting used to it and start doing it here. I really believe sometimes you get your answer to your, pray, uh, to your prayers by dancing. Oh, that's something. David, remember David? When he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the, into, the, into the city of Jerusalem, he started dancing. And as he was dancing, boy, I tell you, things happened. So I could go on, but this is what I want to share with you. All of a sudden, here we are singing to him. When we finish our song and our dancing, he starts singing to each and every one of us. He starts telling us how much he loves us in song. The Bible says in, in Zephaniah 3, 7, that he, 17 rather, 3, 17, that he would do that. The Lord your God in, in your midst. 
the mighty one, he saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will, he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Most of the time when you're in a service and you feel the presence of God all over you and you look around and you don't see it on anybody else, it's because he is singing back to you. And it's your song. He's singing an individual love song back to you. The best way for me to describe it, it would be go to the Song of Solomon. And when those two are interchanging back and forth, the love that they have for each other, that's just like the Father doing it for us. You know, that happens even right now. It happened this evening when you were singing. You were singing. God was singing back. Don't think he was just up there watching you. He was participating. Whoa. I know some of you, that's way out there. But I'm telling you right now, that's the way it was in heaven. We just didn't sing to him. He sung to us. He let us know how much he loved us in song. Now, when everything was over and we were headed back to where we were going, we were in a better place. Uh, in heaven, I always say, when you get there, it's great. But the next moment's even greater than that. And the next moment's even greater than that. And the next moment's even greater than that. And guess what? You were created to be in that greatness. In that greatness is what you were created for. That's your natural place. To be in the greatness where things get better and better and better. Being on the planet and heading in the other direction, we weren't created for that. We were created for life, not death. That's why it says this in, in the scriptures. And, 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 and uh, Jesus was telling his uh, disciples, your prayers rather should be simple like this. Our Father in heaven, let your name remain holy. Bring about your kingdom, your kingdom, your kingdom. Manifest your will here on earth as it is manifested in heaven. When you go into that secret place, that's what you're doing. You're manifesting the will of God on this planet. That should be shouting right there. That should bring great joy to you. That You, you should think, ah, Father, I will challenge you now to, to, to get out of the norm of how you worship the Father, how you praise him. Remember the seven things I said that, that are in the Hebrew or in the Old Testament and, and the uh, uh, three things in the New Testament? Do those. They're in the Bible. God wants you to do them. Some of you say, well, I don't know if the people around me would like me to do some of those things. You ain't doing it for the people around you. You're doing it for your father. You know, I remember a man one time, he said, I never laid before the Lord. He laid before the Lord. He was sick. When he got up, he was healed. I remember a lady telling me one time she wanted to enter into that realm and go to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven, you know, have an out-of-body experience. She said she laid on the floor because she'd never done it before, and she couldn't get up because she was with the Lord for a long time. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's in the Word. We did it in heaven. And my Bible says we're to do things as in heaven on this planet. Now, I share that with you because I just want you to, that when you enter into your place, that you enter in there and, and you do something different. You don't go in there doing the same old, same old, same old. 
Go in there and do something different to worship your Lord. You know, some of you need to dance in there. Some of you need to dance. Some of you need to dance. Some of you used to dance a whole lot and you stopped dancing. Well, my knee hurt. Tell your knee it's going to have to dance. Well, my arm doesn't want to go up like it used to. Tell your arms they're going up any old way. You're praising your Lord. Just do it and watch what happens. Watch what happens. I'm telling you right now. You know, I call praying and worship going home. That's what it is to me. Someone asked me, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going home. And what I mean by that is I'm going to go praise I'm going to go start to pray. I am going to worship my Lord because I am going home. That's what it is for you, too. If you want to know something, it really is that way. Well, there's a lot more I could say. As you can tell, I went through it pretty quick. But I wanted to give you what the Father said that I need to give you. You know, it's been great. I really enjoyed this. Uh, you know, even though I can't hear you, I could barely see you. I'm going to tell you something. I can experience you through the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's good news. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Nancy. Thank you, Richard. This has really been good. You know, um, I, I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning. I'm looking forward to Sunday. I'm excited. Uh, I was so excited today. It's uh, 12 something. I w almost one o'clock was well, after one o'clock here, but uh, I couldn't take my nap like I needed to before this. And I'm still excited. I I'm hoping I could go to sleep tonight. <laughs> Jesus is good. Thank you very much.